0: Welcome to your old soul, Speedy. The old phrase of the day is patootie.
1: Patootie. I have heard this as cutie patootie, but never alone, actually.
0: Well, I know know it for cutie patootie, which has been thrown my way a couple times. But then, oh, oh, behave. (laughs) What if somebody came home from a date? And was like, I think she likes me. She said <laughs> that I was a cutie patootie.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you're about to go steady, Danny. That's what Huey. He that's in right.
0: This is the if if somebody says that, congratulations, they're an old soul. <laughs> What's the deal? You're an old soul. Um, but the only other way I had heard it in old soul fashion was from Rocky Horror Picture Show, the song that Meatloaf sings. Oh,
1: of course. Uh, that's it's hot patootie, right?
0: It's like hot patootie. Yeah which actually is relevant here because i you know i always said the word in a rhyming way or in that song but i didn't really know what people used it for and also we'll get to why i even used it in a second um but according to the oxford dictionary i think actually when since you said cutie patootie i should bring up both definitions now because i only found the funny one hold on (laughs) i forgot that there's a actual reason that people would say this word okay informally commuted girlfriend or attractive young woman so i think that's where a cutie patootie comes from because it says quote she's a real hot patootie
1: wow i would love to know the <laughs> origin and trace it back because my-
0: so we're getting there oh, oh okay i got that for you oh well, you've done the research and when i say it you're gonna be like you're gonna be like no that can't be it please no <laughs> um second definition this is again from oxford not from me a person or an animal's buttocks what? In his mildly th- <laughs> frazzled moments, he might refer to one of his staff as a horse's patootie.
1: Wow. And that somehow evolved to become a compliment for a young lass.
0: Well, I think the first one. Yeah, I don't know which one came first, but according to the Oxford, early 20th century, perhaps an alteration of potato. <laughs> so it's like hot potato hot patootie she is a hot potato wow if i came home to my wife to be and said honey you look like a hot potato today (laughs) you would not marry me it'd be over it'd
1: be over you look like the most lumpy and blobbish of vegetables (laughs) with multiple eyes that has been sizzling in an oven and becoming wizened. You are a baked, it's spurring sale. flowers. <laughs> yes, burning flowers. Wow. <laughs>
0: no one can handle you by yourself. Yeah, you have to be gutted and, and, right. and filled with cheese and, and scallions and bacon and sour cream for anyone to tolerate you.
1: <laughs> you are not even really that what healthy. Be... You are just starchy.
0: Yeah, you are just starchy. Not really good for you. Just kind of filling up the side of the plate. What would be a flattering vegetable? Ooh, that's a good question. You were like, thank you. Wow. No one's ever told me that I was kale before.
1: <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I guess carrots are a beautiful orange. <laughs> uh, carrot Top made his whole persona.
0: Famously attractive, yeah. <laughs> Carrot <top>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you have a vegetable you think would be flattering to be compared to, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you think there's something better than being called a hot potato, <laughs> uh, so the reason I used that is because we're going to talk about that thing you do today, which is having a renaissance this month. Uh, Tom Hanks says it in the in the movie. This is a quote. Uh, he says, "Good morning, Guy" to Guy Patterson, um, John Everett Scott. Right,
1: that's his
0: name. I. Oh. Oh. Tom Everett Scott. I suck.
1: Well, hey, I I had guy nothing Patterson. to say. I was waiting for you the to actor. come up with it.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I just had this complete brain fart where I couldn't remember Tom Everett Scott's name. Let's try it again. Good morning, Guy. We have a crisis here. Your bass player has disappeared, and you are still in bed. Just calling to tell you to get your patootie down to the television studio. You're going to be on TV tonight.
1: Oh my gosh! And that usage of patootie is more like the animal's buttocks. Get
0: your yes, butt so in out of that bed. Case, He's not saying, damn it, Tom Everett Scott, you are one attractive potato. <laughs> He's saying, get your potato down here, stat.
1: Roll your spuds out of bed. You yes. You adorable thing. <laughs> you cute brown blob.
0: Fry over here. Be like a tree and leaf, as they say in the 50s.
1: But I'm this I love if you're an
0: old soul. I love our podcast. <laughs> Um, okay before we get to that thing you do and why it went viral this past week why rolling stone was talking about it let's start with the oscars speedy and i are taking a victory lap i looked it up speedy our first time we talked about this movie and how much we loved it yeah was in our episode on april 21st goodness of
1: 2022
0: 2022 okay so that's almost a year later So it's like a year victory lap we can take because we love this movie when it came out. We both saw it in theaters. Um, But when we talked about it then, we were like, you know, this is going to like lose best screenplay and we're going to be satisfied. That's going to be great. It got recognized in some regard. That's good enough for me. It's way too weird for anybody to give it an award.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I definitely (laughs) – because, right, the the guys who made it, the Daniels, and I know we have not said the name of the movie yet – but you know they're the guys that made the music I video bet. for "Get Down for What." You know, like
0: "Turn Down for What." How um, old are you?
1: A <laughs> hundred and fifty-seven.
0: <Were you> <laughs> get down for what? <laughs> the kids are saying you gotta lower your coaster. Get that potato down there. We're getting down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> What's that chubby checker song? Twist down, getting twisted. <laughs>
1: The one time I attempt to supply information on this podcast. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Count me out. In
0: your defense, I'm being unfair because I'm the one... (laughs) Who had the idea for this podcast, who said, let's make a safe place for people who don't get any modern references right. And then the second you said one that I finally knew, I was like,
1: you're so dumb. <laughs> How could you not knew that? <laughs> this is a podcast about us being old souls. God, what are you, 90?
0: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I couldn't get Tom Everett Scott's name right, so we've all looked dumb today. <laughs> Those were equal. Anyway, yes, the guys who directed the music video for "Turn Down for What" are Oscar winners. Continue.
1: Yes, and who would have ever thought that the the Academy, the the esteemed Academy, would take their work seriously? I mean, it it almost felt like it, not quite to this extreme, but as if uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone had like swept the Oscars. They, they're they're <sighs> the funny guys, the cool funny guys coming in who made a masterpiece. But they got the recognition that they deserve because it really is a beautiful movie. Oh, my God. So really, really well, excited. I was,
0: I was saying uh, to one of my best friends and my first cousin, Jason, that this is like the second straight year where I loved a movie. I was like, oh, I love this, and it's not going to win Best Picture, and that's okay. And they're like, with Coda and then this movie, they won Best Picture, and then I was like, wait a minute. How did this actually happen? Like. <laughs> I, of course, wanted it to happen yeah. in, like, a counterculture way. I didn't know that the movie where they have hot dog fingers was actually going to win Best Picture. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, I'm thrilled about it. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's like I got what I wanted. And now I'm like, what did I do? What did I do?
1: <laughs> how, how could I be responsible for this?
0: <laughs> did I do this? Did I say... Take the bagel movie with Talking Rocks and give it best picture. You're damn right I did.
1: Yeah. Was it all of my everything bagel purchases when they realized, oh, my God, look at this, this money flow. This thing's a winner. (laughs) God.
0: Cash grab. Well, I mean, everyone was like, you know, we got to nominate movies that make money now to get people to watch like Top Gun and Avatar, which I saw one of those. I saw Top Gun and it was good.
1: Oh, same but here. this movie
0: made over 100 million dollars it's the first a24 movie to make over 100 million dollars so like it did make a lot of money people do care about this movie it's not like the artist right where like most people didn't see it like this was a blockbuster oh, it became sure. one eventually through word of mouth because of us mainly when we put it on the map
1: oh yes when our podcast specifically told the masses to yes. fly out to the theater go go in droves mm-hmm. we said Um, Well, it's, it's funny when I actually first saw the movie way back in, I guess it was April, 2022, I was actually rushed by my friend to go see it because they said, I don't expect this to be in the theater for maybe like, you know, maybe it'll be there for another month or so, but this is a small, small budget A24 movie that's going to go away, but it's really, really good. Then it stayed in theaters for about a year. They just kept on extending its run, I guess, which is really cool on A24's part that they gave it life. I don't know the business side at all. Was it the people screaming for more? Was it our podcast that made A24 go, we got to keep it in theaters, boys? Um, But somebody chose to keep it alive, which is really, really cool.
0: Okay, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just going to ask you something. Go for it. Did you cry during the Oscars or any of the clips you watched?
1: Oh, during the Oscars, uh, no. But I'm also heartless. There were plenty of. I'm not of... picking on you.
0: I'm just bringing up that you're heartless.
1: <laughs> As previously established, <laughs> I am Wednesday Adams. Yeah. No, I, I think. Ah. Oh, right! <laughs> I forgot we said
0: that you said you were Wednesday. Like you decided that you were. You might actually relate to her. Um, my thing keeps. I keep popping, so I'm going to reattach my thing. Can you stall for three seconds?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Peter Piper pi- picked a patch of peppers. Polly Pocket. I'm not Pocket. deleting a single part of this.
0: <laughs> I'm keeping all of this. My, I played my pop with filter the came off.
1: Barbie dolls and Polly Pockets as a small child. Do you find okay. people know about peter gabriel
0: uh 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 this is so entertaining i'm just trying to get my pop filter back on here because i keep popping well, i was speaking i could just hold this
1: oh oh that's pretty annoying i'm
0: having trouble turn- i'm having trouble screwing it in please don't don't you dare please <laughs> hear the pop the pop it keeps popping i need to get this pop filter in oh. please protect my pop filter Prognosis. Thank you.
1: <laughs> no problem, Danny. I will eat this pop cereal and read hop on pop. Uh, oh, goodness, goodness. I need a dictionary. I am going to dictionary.com and reading off a list of P words. Eh. eh. <laughs> this is a disaster. You need a padlock on that microphone to keep it stable, Danny.
0: Okay, I have now reattached... Uh, My pop filter, sorry about that. If you were hearing a lot of P's have a lot of like whispery sounds in them, it's because the filter had come off. And I was like, I don't need that filter. And then it was popping and I'm a perfectionist and I hated it. So note to everybody at home, uh, don't get cocky. And if something is always working for you and you suddenly don't think you need it, you probably still do. Um, As my dad said, when I started learning driving, he said cocky kills. So not that I killed anyone with my whispery P's. I'm, (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, strive for greatness. Don't get lazy. Sorry.
1: No, this is a life or death situation. I think you've responded accordingly. What were we talking about? home, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're talking about whether or not you cried during the Oscars. So, I cried when Ki-Kwan Ki-Hui, Ki-Hui, Ki-Hui. I've heard it both ways. What are you saying?
1: I've been saying ki hui Quan.
0: i've just heard it both but ways. i don't
1: know if that's right don't go off of me oh gosh
0: okay when he <laughs> when he won the golden globe I, I cried and i was like i'm not gonna cry again at the oscars already happened you know like sometimes someone wins the golden globes and then the emotional moment is over and then the oscars like it kind of really, really did it but as soon as ariana DeBose, when she announced that he won as soon as she like she started crying like she quivered on his name and then I cried within seconds. She was like, Key And then everyone like erupted and then me and my wife to be Tina. We both were just like bawling like eyes, waterfalls. I'm like openly sobbing. Like he's when he's like <laughs> I, my he's like my story started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp. I was just like, <sighs> <laughs> <sighs> like I was so emotional. So much so that there was um, an aftershock during Jamie Lee Curtis's speech, who I was not as emotional about winning as much as I love Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, it, it didn't have the same, like, underdog story feel to it. Uh, but then right. when she was like, both my parents were nominated for Oscars. I won an Oscar. I was like, oh, your parents. I loved your mom in Psycho. That's And then I was crying again. So, like. I was an emotional wreck. And, and it was so funny because, like, this was all in the first 45 minutes. Like, and it went, like, Jimmy Kimmel's monologue was really funny. Guillermo del Toro won. And then those two Oscars back to back with Troy Kotzer, who I love, from Coda. And then at the DePose. And then those two won. And then it was like, we're on to production categories. <laughs> it's right. like bedtime, you know. <laughs> I wanted to stay up. When I worked nights, I stayed up last year. But now I work mornings. I had to anchor today. So if my voice sounds weird, that's why. Because I had to anchor for four straight hours. So I woke up at 2.30 this morning. And now I'm recording this Monday um, at like 1 p.m. So I'm really tired. But... Um, that first total
1: insanity by the way that you're doing this my goodness
0: this podcast yeah well oh, yeah. the oscars were one day so we have to talk about them now that thing you do you know this is the only day to talk about it even though it came out in 1996 <laughs> but I, I wanted to are you do you have anything else about everything everywhere all at once you want to talk about but the daniels winning um Uh, honestly nothing
1: that we haven't already said which is just multiple times we've brought it up (laughs) (laughs) just great excitement and they deserve it and i'm excited to see if this means in future years the oscars will reward more imaginative fun work like this and maybe that will incentivize people to um i don't know widen the horizons of what they think will pay off for them which would be really
0: nice Yeah, like it was funny. Like the first hour was like uh, clapping for the actors in this movie, and then the second hour was like for the screenplay, and then in the third hour, after the one best director and then one best picture, it kind of like for a brief moment felt like an A twenty four commemoration, where it was like, hey, like independent production companies, maybe this is their moment now. You know, like it kind of felt like A twenty four had this coming for a while. You know oh yeah and yeah uh someone told me that they did the whale is that true do they also do the whale i i do not know if that's true okay, i don't I know it up. are you looking it up because that would mean yeah. that they had all four acting oscars in addition that would to be Best insane Picture. yes it was a 24 wow so like them. yeah she started to dominate and this is this is cool um okay i want to briefly talk about jamie lee curtis I don't want to get into who should have won, her or Angela Bassett. Um, uh, I like yes. them both a lot. Yeah. I thought Angela Bassett was going to win. That, that was the only lock for a long time was that she was going to win. And that was kind of like a career achievement Oscar. Like, we love you. Let's give you the Oscar you deserve. And then suddenly switched yeah. to Jamie Lee Curtis. And I was like, well, how do we pivot to her career? They both had good careers. Neither one of them is like a shock. So like why her now i don't know i don't want to comment on that
1: yeah i do have a comparison i want to make in my head and i'm not sure if i should say it um because again i'm not sure that this is really our our territory to to comment even it's not i was just surprised yeah i mean it did sort of remind me at a previous oscars where they saved best actor for last because we all assumed that chadwick boseman had it on lock and then he didn't um and it was a bit surprising. So, right, same. I did think that Angela Bassett pretty much had it on lock. And then I went, oh, oh, she didn't get it. I'm happy for Jamie Lee Curtis because awesome. And right, and you even cried at her speech because it was such a, a lovely moment. It's great. But it just was a bit unexpected.
0: Um, yeah, like she started getting momentum the last so. couple of weeks. or so like the other awards, you know, she started winning. And I was like, oh, wait, they're not really going to do this, are they? Like, that we all... <laughs> agreed on this year and i'm not saying like one was better than the other in the movies i personally would have voted for stephanie shu from everything everywhere mm, like i thought yeah. she was amazing in this specific movie but if we're going on like a career oscar because it seemed like and that happens to supporting actor and supporting actress a lot like when christopher Plummer won best supporting actor like that was saying like hey man you've had an awesome career so that that's happened before I just I didn't understand the pivot to Jamie Lee Curtis all of a sudden. So I don't really know what happened other than the Oscars doing what the Oscars sometimes has done in the past before.
1: Yes. Sadly.
0: Um, yeah. And
1: That was my my subtle insinuation. Yes.
0: They yes. they did what they had done before.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is
0: what happened before and I don't know if you saw but when when Jonathan Majors and Michael B Jordan came out Later, I think for Best Cinematographer, they, like, said, what's up, auntie, to Angela Bassett. That's kind of like a, like, we see you. Mm. Like, sorry that you got disrespected. I don't know what happened. Like, Andrea Riseboro got nominated. The Oscars become a really weird popularity contest, and they've expanded their voters. But I guess they haven't expanded enough, or it's not going to be a flawless change. Right. But... If we want to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis, because I'm happy for her. Nothing against her. Seems like a great person. She was very good in this movie. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, like, so, okay. She was made famous by Halloween, right? She's a scream queen. Lots of horror movies. She's in Trading Places. Big actor now for, like, 50 years. Five straight decades. And, actually, that's six. Six decades. And then she reads this scream... She reads this screenplay, and she's probably like, you know, I want to work on something I'm passionate about. That's not a Halloween sequel. You know, like, Odd Dog Fingers, it's just weird. You know, we'll see what happens. I just, like, you know, I like the screenplay or something. She wasn't thinking, like, this is it. I'm finally going to the- get an award. <laughs> yes, I'm finally going to get taken seriously. This is my seriously. career-defining
1: moment. Yes. Right. Just <laughs> like,
0: because, you know, sometimes someone takes a role, and you're like, oh, well, they wanted the Oscar. You know, Right. am I'm, I'm, this is all speculation, but like Daniel day lewis is doing Lincoln. He knows, like I'm right. getting the Oscar. I'm doing Lincoln. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, there's no way Jamie Lee Curtis was like, I'm going to do a multiverse movie. Right. <laughs> That's going to get me my Oscar. Right. Hot like you fingers.
1: say, hot dog fingers. Finally, they'll take me seriously. That's yeah, exactly. so funny. Finally, they'll take me seriously.
0: <laughs> um, but I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, Halloween fan and, um. Her parents, Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, are two legends. So this is an, an old soul fun thing. This is fun for us as old souls.
1: Very much so. Very much so.
0: But Angela Bassett, I hope you win next year.
1: Yes, yes. Please do something next year so then you can get nominated and get praise, which you deserve very much.
0: Okay, let's move on to that thing you do which i forced you to watch this was uh being talked about the last couple of weeks for two reasons one someone tweeted out a video of the scene where they all find out that their song uh, is on the radio at the same time and i checked on this morning on twitter and it had 13 million hits according to twitter's wow. vague data uh and i think it was this guy <laughs> if i had this right it was this dude mike scollins and he tweeted like this is my favorite scene ever and then like like I retweeted, other people were being like, "No, this is always been my favorite scene. Like people love this." Um, and also, the other reason it was being talked about is because we'll get to the other in the ranking. But uh, Rolling Stone did the best songs by fake artists list, <laughs> and this was number one. in their top fifty That's so funny. of songs by like fake bands and movies of all time. This was number one.
1: Well, I have something to admit to you, Danny, that because I had never seen this movie before, and I knew nothing about it.
0: I couldn't believe you hadn't heard of it.
1: No, I I actually hadn't heard of it. And I had heard that song on the radio growing up because I listened to, you know, the old soul radio station. Um, And I just, I did think it was by some real artist that was a one hit wonder. No way. And I did not know that it was actually made for this movie. And it was a fake movie band that actually got radio play. I had no clue.
0: So, when, when I told you to watch it, did you watch the trailer and realize this? Or were you watching the movie and heard it and you were like, why are they pretending this real song is their fake song when it's a real song?
1: Yeah, I had to do a Google search during the movie. And I went, wait a second. That, this, the, 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 this, is, this is the fake song for the, the fake musicians? <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> but I, I was hoping that you got all like old soul, high and mighty. When you were watching with somebody else, and you were like, wait, guys, this movie's a sham. Like, this is a real song. <laughs> this is yeah, you real. don't You guys
1: don't get it. I've yeah. been listening to this song for 25 years. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so um, I watched this movie a lot growing up. This was a big part of my childhood. It was the rainy day movie we watched at camp, and also um, my dad loved it, too. Uh, so, let's start here. Do you like it?
1: I, here's what I will say, Danny. It had infectious energy, and I yeah. actually was going to praise the scene that you already called out, where they all, or they're jumping around, they found it was on the radio. It's so fun, and I had a lot of fun watching it, and it, it, make, it makes you happy to watch. Um, for me, as a movie, did I love it i actually didn't but i think it's purely because recently my tastes have shifted a bit and i've become more of like a, a snooty mm, i like a racer head blah, 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 you know <laughs> so,
0: so, i like my dinner
1: with andre blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> you're a hundred year old whose taste buds have been subdued and now you need things with a lot of flavor in them and you can't taste them at all so it's exactly
1: bland. exactly it it's cuz and i i used to i know i used to really love movies where you truly are just kind of hanging out with people and going along for the ride there really isn't much conflict in the movie aside from at the end the the lover switch up and then the guy leaves the band of course um but for the most part they're touring you're watching them do their performances of the song you're kind of hanging out and having fun but now right i've I've got this <laughs> tongue um you know i was I was hoping that there was a bit more to chew on, but that's not a knock on the movie. That is just how my taste has evolved. I think the movie is a lot of fun, um, and it was cool to see it was cool knowing that Tom Hanks both wrote and directed it, um, and he also casted somebody in the lead role that did feel like a young tom hanks and it was it was just cool to see that whole uh love child you know what i mean
0: <laughs> you know what speedy you know what you are
1: <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what you what were, you were expecting i'm sorry no
0: i knew this was gonna happen i think i i, I want to make it a category for future movies you talk about i want a category that is did you have to grow up with this movie
1: that's pretty funny
0: yeah did you have to grow up with it or i think I mean, my dad didn't. He likes it, but he likes the 60s a lot. So if you want to hang out in the 60s for an hour and a half and have literally nothing bad happen, then, you know, you can spend your day in a worse way. But I want to read you the Roger Ebert quote. He gave this movie three stars. (laughs) Okay. Out of four. And he said, quote, "Uh, the movie may be inconsequential, but in some ways that's a strength. Without hauling in a (laughs) lot of deep meanings, it remembers with great warmth a time and a place. That's lovely. Harmless movie.
1: Harmless, totally harmless movie. And that's exactly what it felt like. You want to hang out in the 60s for, for a little bit? Here you go. Just have a nice time. That's kind of the appeal of some of the classic um, Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney movies. Nothing really goes wrong. They're just putting on a show. People are dancing. You've come to the movie to have fun. And this is what this serves up. And it, it's very nice.
0: The funny thing, um, so Tina, my fiancé, I keep saying wife-to-be now. I think fiancé sounds pretentious. So I'm going with wife-to-be. I'm trying it out. (laughs) We get married in like three months, but I'm going with wife-to-be. My soon-to-be wife, uh, she has this problem where she won't watch a movie unless I tell her what happens because she doesn't want to get too emotionally invested and become sad by the end of it. Some people might hate that. A movie schnob like yourself probably hates that, but that's what it takes for me to get her to watch something. Uh, especially after I made her watch Banshees of Inner Shirm. so.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I'm excited to watch that. I haven't you haven't seen, seen that yet? No, I'm going to see Your it next weekend. you a little movie
0: stop and you haven't seen what was nope. third in the odds for Best Picture?
1: Hey, 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 yeah. hey, buddy. What? Guess what? I'm hey, right here. Two weeks what? ago, I saw a screening of In Bruges with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson oh, so you're, you're in going person. In,
0: you're going in chronological so, order. Is that why you want to watch all three of their movies? <laughs> one after the other before you get to this one
1: yes i'm highly anticipating it and i'm so excited to watch it next week not yet it's on hbo max right now i know but i i have specific plans to watch it don't knock me don't knock me danny i'm knocking you i'm knocking you so far
0: here you go (laughs) i'm going through every uh, no after you tried to poo-poo my movie here (laughs) i'm gonna go one by one down the best picture line and see if you watch the movie Everything ever, all at once.
1: Well, of course.
0: One? Yes. Okay. All Quiet on the Western Front. No. Oh, you know what? <laughs> We're going soft topic. I forgot to get to my... Oh, I had two Oscar things we didn't get to. I stink. Oh, I
1: stink so much. No, we can still... We can change course. We can change just, course. Let's get to I those things. I just want to mention...
0: I just want to mention about All Quiet on the Western Front. In the middle hour of the Oscars, it kept winning... And every time it won, they would play its harrowing, terrifying theme music. Every time. Every time. And it was like... It's like... And like every time you won, you're like, oh my God, like is Thanos coming? Is Jaws going to pop up? What is going (laughs) wrong? And they kept winning all these technical awards. And... Every time it won, it like, and the winner is all oh, quiet and your friend. Yay, yay, oh my God! Bah, bah, bah. Like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> the Germans are coming now! <laughs> like, it was terrifying, and it kept being played throughout the entire ceremony.
1: That's so funny. Well, they also uh, had big cutouts of characters from the movie, huge, looming over the stage for each picture that won. So uh, again, I missed when all Quiet on the Western Front won all their awards. But can I can I guess that there was a giant grimacing, dust covered soldier looming over the stage <laughs> while that music
0: played? It was, bah, bah, uh, bah. Bah. Yeah, it, it kept happening, and even when like when it won Best Score, like they went to like the nominees, and and it was like, All Quiet on the Western Front, and it was like this like beautiful piece of music that was like. <laughs> you're like oh wow what a tender score and then it was like and the winner is all quiet on the western front <laughs> i'm sorry it was it was really scary um oh I, I didn't get to one other thing that i wanted to get to about the oscars and then we'll get back to that thing you do sorry we can do you, it you didn't watch jimmy kimmel's monologue no so you don't even know what, what he did about a very specific thing that you and I have talked about on this podcast for a year now that he brought up to her face.
1: Really? Can you guess what, what I'm gonna say? What did he do? No. What, what okay. did he do? A
0: certain someone with a certain thing that you and I are obsessed Is this
1: about with. Nicole Kidman? Is it's this about Nicole Kidman? Nicole
0: Kidman. He oh my Nicole God! Nicole Kidman to her face.
1: What did he say? To her what face. did
0: he do? Oh he, my God. I'm paraphrasing, but he looked at Nicole Kidman. And um, he was like, I'm so glad they finally let you out of that AMC theater that you've been <laughs> locked in for a year. And then he said what you've always wanted to say in Nicole Kidman, which was, he was like, thank you again for telling everyone already at the movies to go to the yes. movies. Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. It was, okay. So great. And I was like, I cannot wait to watch that. I'm yeah. glad that you gave me this news. It's more special that way. Oh my lord. Well, this is redemption cuz remember
0: I was mad when I told you that either that she I think she won a pulitzer or that she was getting a sequel and that you already knew and I was really mad that you knew cuz I wanted to break the news to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it might have been both of those things cuz I you know, I'm up on my Nicole Kidman AMC news. What can I say? Oh, but you finally got to break this news to me.
0: Got brought a beautiful up to her moment. face. Wow. Because you never know what celebrities hear. Like, you don't know what they know about what we think. Right. So, like, we all team... talk about this. But she could be yeah. in her own little world. Like She's a rich, famous person. She can do her own thing. She doesn't need to go on Twitter.
1: Right. To, to what extent does her team shield her? Like, no, no, no. Everyone was inspired by your AMC commercial. What is she hearing? I don't know. <laughs>
0: They're like, Nicole, you want a Pulitzer for your commercial? You're getting a sequel. She's like, wow, they must really love it. They're like, yeah. Yeah, they love it. They love it. (laughs) SNL did a sketch about it? Yeah, they did because they loved it. Because they love it. That's why they gave you lightning (laughs) powers in the SNL sketch with Chloe (laughs) Chloe Feynman. Okay. I just wanted to tell you those two things. They're really important to me that uh, Nicole Kidman was talked to. And um, that oh, I thought All Quiet of the Western Front's theme was heroic. Those are the two notes I wrote down to tell you. I'm sorry. Beautiful. Anyway. So let's see if I can remember what I was talking about. We're talking about a little movie called That Thing You Do and whether or not you had... Roger Ebert said it was inconsequential. And that was a good thing. We were talking about... Jimmy Kimmel, Nicole Kidman, AMC Theaters. That came from All Quiet in the Western Front. We were talking about movies that you had seen and hadn't seen because you haven't seen Banshees of Inner And I was naming all the Oscar movies that you haven't seen because you're a fraud. And then (laughs) talking about how I need to tell Tina what happens in movies because if I don't tell her what happens in movies, she won't watch them in case they're sad like some parts at the end of Banshees of Inner Sherm that I regretted not telling her about. And that brings us to me telling her what happens in this movie ahead of time, because we were talking about how little bad things happen in this movie. And where I was going with that, <laughs> speedy, was that I told her ahead of time, like, this movie's about a band that's trying to make it, they have a hit, and then they end up being a one-hit wonder, it doesn't work out. So the whole movie, she's like, What happens? Is there a plane crash? Like, do they die? (laughs) Does someone get murdered? Why are they one hit wonder? It's like, Tina, I promise you, can't you just trust me? I wouldn't just show you this movie if I didn't think that it was harmless. Can we please just watch it? And she was like, you know, (laughs) like, when do they get Buddy Holly? (laughs) It's like, you know. (laughs) I I swear this movie is, I was like, listen, this is a, like, PG-90s movie. Tom Hanks made it. Has Tom Hanks ever made a sad movie? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Has he been? I mean, I'm thinking about it too. Castaway as a happy ending. I guess it's sad for a little bit. Apollo 13 is a happy-ish ending. Catch me if you can's kind of like winky crime, like ha ha ha, wink wink crime. Bridge of Spies, they get they they make the trade. I would say most of his movies have a happy ending. He's Tom Hanks. Right. Speaking of which, can I read you what Tom Hanks' before and after of this movie was, like, in his filmography?
1: Yeah. Please.
0: Okay. This is, like, okay. First of all, according to Mental Floss, I was reading facts about this movie. Tom Hanks, who you said wrote and directed this, uh, he wrote the script while promoting Forrest Gump because he got sick of talking about himself. (laughs) He wanted to create, uh, achieve, quote, creative sanity during the endless promotion, and he wrote it in 30 days because wow. he was bored Good for him. Forrest Gump. Here are the movies he made before this where he said, okay, I've won back-to-back Oscars. I'm the only person besides Spencer Tracy to ever do that. I'm going to take all my chips and cash it in to make a harmless 1960s band movie. Here's what he did before this. 93, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia. 94, Forrest Gump. So now he's won back-to-back Oscars. 95, Apollo 13, Toy Story. 96, That Thing You Do. And after this, he goes, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, Green Mile, and then Cast Away. So he makes one of the top ten most famous rom-coms ever, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, two iconic movies, two best actors, back-to-back years, Toy Story, probably the most important animated movie of the last 30 years. Then he goes, okay, it's time for my passion project. I'm going to get a guy <laughs> who looks like me to play drums in a band in the 60s. Go going to live out that dream. And that's what he does. <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of money. It makes a little bit more than its like $25 million budget. Um, they did do a reunion a couple years ago with some of the band members, so I think it's pretty well loved now. But like that's what he wanted to do. And I'm so glad he did it. Cause like growing up, like I wasn't allowed to watch Almost Famous quite yet. So this was pretty much it, unlike <laughs> banned experience movies.
1: Yeah. And if you're a fan of Tom Hanks, I think it is so lovely that when he makes his passion project, you know, what what does that look like? Guys, I just want to have fun.
0: Yeah. I like me.
1: music. I want to be in a band. Is that so hard? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to tell you the other ones that were on Rolling Stone's top 50 list of best songs by fake bands. Number two, I don't think you'll know, but it was a big part of my childhood, which is uh, Scotty Doesn't Know from Eurotrip. No,
1: it's this, you're like, right. Weird I don't know it.
0: Teen comedy where they go on a Eurotrip. And uh, Matt Damon. If I remember this correctly, this guy's girlfriend cheats on him, and he's at a party. The guy's name is Scotty, and Matt Damon comes out, and he's lip singing. but he, quote unquote, in the movie, sings this song called Scotty Doesn't Know about how he's, how this guy's girlfriend is cheating on him with Matt Damon, and he doesn't know it, and the song, that's how he finds out is through his song called Scotty Doesn't Know. <gasps>
1: Oh, oh, I actually just watched this. Wait a second. You just but watched But I haven't this? seen, not the movie, you but saw that Sco- particular. Scotty doesn't know.
0: I, Scotty doesn't yes, know. Yes.
1: I actually just saw it, so I do know what you're talking about. Wow.
0: Okay. <laughs> if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if I just paraphrase the plot horribly wrong, I guess that's more of a new soul thing, but I'm taking all the help I can get if I have that wrong. If you're an old soul, Scotty doesn't know. And then number three was Shallow.
1: Oh, my goodness. Of course. Of course. Of course, yes. Lady
0: Gaga. Uh, my favorite one is School of Rock, which was number six. We know I love that movie. Oh. Big fan. You know. Baby, we were making straight A's. <laughs> but we were stuck in the darkness. Um, Okay. Random questions about this movie now for you. Hit me. Tom Everett Scott. Does he do it for you?
1: Oh, as me being a young lass going, oh, what a handsome gentleman! You mean in that sense?
0: It could be now. <laughs> you don't have to be fifteen. You could be in your twenties and be assessing him.
1: Oh yeah, um, I I would say yes. It's a cute. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think um, I think he is who needed to be in that role. Mm. He remained very likable, even as Tom Hanks at times was. Acting like he was a problematic member of the band at first, you know, but he still always remained likable, cute. He has Tom Hanks' face. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think was, I think he was suitable.
0: I had like just shown, or not shown, but Teen and I had just rewatched La La Land a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that?
1: Oh yeah, I've, I've seen. And that.
0: he's in that. He's Emma he Stone's is? husband at the end of the movie.
1: Oh, my gosh. I did not put those pieces
0: together. That's him. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) So I was like, Tina, that's Emma Stone's husband from the movie. She was like, no, it's not. I was like, no, yeah, that's him. Like, this was a big deal. This is like, his big break.
1: Wow. Well, now I have to go back and rewatch La La
0: Land. Jeez. It's not the same. Doesn't drum. Weirdly, both movies where white people are explaining jazz... (laughs) <laughs> don't know why we have to keep doing that trope yeah. 20 years exactly apart and he's in both movies but huh. does, whatever. does the
1: real uh, man love jazz or does he just happen to go into these harmless jazz movies
0: does tom everett scott love jazz yeah if you're an old soul at com, if you know what kind of jazz if at all tom everett scott listens to we really appreciate your help thank you kindly um another question i think tom hanks did a pretty good job like i don't know the screenplay isn't like witty it's just like 90s cute it's just harmless 90s cute i it's not like really funny or anything this is like, a good job but if he wrote everything my only quarrel with the movie if that's okay with you
1: yeah go for it
0: Liv tyler's speech when she breaks up with the singer guy is weird <laughs>
1: it is weird
0: and I love Liv Tyler I'm on her side I just it felt like a man wrote it if he did
1: absolutely yeah that I would say that that's the part of the movie that sort of took me out of the movie Um, and uh, I know we we sort of had we were joking around when we were watching that part where we kept on saying after every line uh, written by Tom Hanks directed by Tom Hanks (laughs) (laughs)
0: Please don't turn it off. Tom Hanks wrote that line. You see? I just... Yeah. Well, I remember... I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. But as a kid, I remember in my head, I was like, oh, this is the kisses speech. And I was like, well, maybe it's like a play it again Sam thing. Maybe they don't really say kisses that many times in the speech. that would be really uncomfortable to say kisses more than once in a speech. And then like the whole speech, she's like, I wasted kisses on you. Your kisses were wasted. Because I wasted kisses on you that were wasted. Your kisses. I shouldn't have been giving kisses to you. Your kisses weren't worth mine. Anyway, bye, kisses. <laughs> <laughs> like how many I think it's probably just like four times. It just felt like weird. We're like, kisses, kisses, kisses. Like, how about his character? He seems like a jerk. You know? Thanks. Your kisses so were lies. Lying kisses!
1: <laughs> yeah and I, I do like too that she just quieted the whole room too you know i I think before she launches into the speech, she's like, everybody, I have something to say kisses, kisses kisses, kisses. I want you all to hear about the kisses that I gave
0: <laughs> everyone shut up I'm about to have my most important scene in the movie kisses, kisses, kisses <laughs> Who has bad kisses? <laughs> you have bad kisses. What weird kisses you have! <laughs> kisses, kisses. I gave you too many. Muah, 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 muah. Mm. <laughs> no more. Like, muah, 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 muah. It's like Liv Tyler, who uh, I love and is in Lord of the Rings, so I treasure her dearly. Like <laughs> imagine in Lord of the Rings if she was like Aragorn. I miss you so much, but what I miss most of all is your kisses, kisses, kisses. Your kisses <laughs> is what I love the most about you. Kisses, kisses. it's just like a i don't know listen tom hanks i love you uh i met you when i was 12 and you were incredibly nice to me and i've nothing against you i just one line uh, one scene was weird i'm sorry great
1: movie i wonder if that was his oh yeah i wonder if that was his way of trying to make a heartbreaking speech feel less brutal and be cuter and lighter i don't know like, like, she's breaking up with him forever, and it's so sad, but but kisses. Kisses, <laughs> kisses, 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 kisses.
0: Yeah, kisses. I guess, I don't know. Whenever I'm watching a movie that's, like, from before the last, like, three years, and it's a movie where the female character is only in scenes where they support the man, which this is definitely one of those movies, where her right. only role is to support the men in the movie. Yeah. I guess because the bar is so low at that point, I just want them to have like a, a scene where they show their strength. Yeah. And i can be like, okay, maybe this isn't good because we're where more educated now, but this was a step in the right direction for an era that was bad. So I was like, okay, we're building on this part. Like we're building on this and we will eventually get to a better place for female characters in movies. But instead, it was like, whole movie supporting man, finally has big scene, and all she cares about is the way he kisses her, and that they're wasted. It's just a currency of kisses. Very weird way for women to talk. That's not, I don't know. Tina certainly was like, that's not what I would say. <laughs> and that's not why I would break <laughs> up with them. It's like, you're a jerk. You're condescending. You don't take time for me. And then, maybe, at the end of the movie, she wouldn't get what Tom Everett it's got. She would be like okay, uh, I just said I wanted to go home three seconds ago and you're going to be a musician. That doesn't sound very stable. I'm going to go because I'm strong. That's right. what I wanted to happen for her, for her character. That's what I wanted. For her character.
1: Right. It makes it feel like the moral isn't, oh, I need to look out for myself and be strong. It's, I'm with the wrong guy. Let's yeah, go with the That's my problem. Guy.
0: I need to <laughs> attach myself to a different man. Then I'll be good. <laughs> Did Roger yeah. Ebert talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> Way to hold the torch to this movie that was harmless, Danny and Speedy.
1: <laughs> oh, I have one question and it well I guess it's not really a question. I just wanted to make the comment. And it's unnecessary because we we know that this is a movie. That isn't really about plot. It's just about having a good time. It's a vibe. But movie. I, it's a it's a vibe movie. Yes, I did find it very curious that in the, uh, oh gosh, what's the name at the end where they write on screen what happens to each character after the movie? It's like
0: an epilogue, that, I guess.
1: Epilogue, yeah. And uh, in, in the epilogue, the lead singer of the band who left formed a new band and still put out yes. records under Playtone. I wrote that down.
0: That's so weird. Isn't
1: that weird? Because, right, the band breaks up immediately the second that he says that he quits. And so the implication is, like, this guy is too much trouble. We just can't work with him. Like, no one chased after him and said, wait, wait, we can still do this, guys. It's like, oh, man, that that guy, he's out of here. What a piece of work. But then he comes back to the label. So why couldn't he have come back to be with the band that was already a success they didn't have to be a one-hit wonder if he had just come back
0: so we're like a day removed from the head of the company screaming at him while chewing a sandwich in the lobby so the head of the company doesn't like him now right. tom hanks's character doesn't like him and he goes back right. to the same label and they welcome him after he like loses them all this money
1: yeah it doesn't make and any they sense felt that, right and they felt that he couldn't be trusted around the important people I I don't get it.
0: I would like to pivot, though. Can I pivot on you for a second? Because I had this Do thought. Because I told you I thought Do about it. this. Yeah. I think him going on to success is the meatiest, most, if at all daring, part of the movie. It's Interesting. the only part of the movie with bones. Because it's... <laughs> If Tom Hanks was going for this, it might have just been lazy epilogue writing, but if he was going for this, in a way, he could be making a comment that sometimes in Hollywood it is the jerks who go on to the most success, but that doesn't mean they're the happiest.
1: That does make a lot of sense, especially with the way that the higher-ups were portrayed, like Sandwich Man. Yes. He was not portrayed in a good light.
0: No, they're bulldogs. They get what they want.
1: Right. So but for this guy to succeed does make sense. Yeah.
0: So that's, but like, that doesn't explain why he goes to the same label. That makes absolutely no sense. That was weird. Right. But him going <laughs> on to success kind of is more of a comment on Hollywood if they were yes. going there. I thought that that was a poignant point.
1: I think that is a good point. Yeah. And that, that does make how? sense with with how the rest of the movie was, was set up.
0: Yes. You and I. Interesting. Uh, have each spent a considerable amount of time with famous people. Working we are not famous.
1: In showbiz. We
0: <laughs> both work in showbiz in a way. You work behind the scenes in Hollywood. I interview people in Hollywood, and it's true. <laughs> like when you're around them, you're like, oh, like they get what they want. Like they are not afraid to say what they want, or find a way to get it. Like one time, right. I'm not going to say who it is, but one time, a very famous higher up person that I was with. Had a hotel room uh, that the company I was working for got him. And he was like, oh, this won't do. My wife won't like this. And it was really him saying, I don't like this. But he went with his wife as like an excuse. Like they have ways to get what they want and they don't care because they want what they want. And when you're with them and you're like me, very unimportant person, I'm like, huh, that seems a bit extra. Like I I don't want to be like that. But then you realize that you need to be a little bit like that if you want to make it.
1: Right. And you have to weigh the pros and cons of, will me requesting this and seeming a bit difficult have any real negative impact on my life and what I do? And the answer is no for for some of these things. Okay, it was a little bit extra that he wanted the, the better hotel room, but he asked for it. He's going to get it. And business will continue as usual.
0: <laughs> also, I want to say in case on the very off chance he listens to this podcast, but I don't think he does, he has been one of the nicest people to me in my life. And he's incredibly nice. Like, that's, it's just a different way of living. That's all. Like, famous people, we were talking about Nicole Kidman before, like, they just live differently and we can't fathom it. So, there's, they can still be nice. In the case of the lead singer dude in this movie, not a nice person. Generally a jerk. Right. <laughs> and meaningless kisses.
1: <laughs> wasted.
0: Wasting wasted people's kisses, which is apparently like their life force. That's <laughs> the, all
1: they exist for.
0: The Mitochlorians, the mitochondria of your existence, <laughs> is your kisses. <laughs> and they were wasted. I was like, yeah, stop saying kisses okay. <laughs> I know
1: it's infectious You can't it's stop kisses, now kisses, like, ah,
0: Don't use that word <laughs> <"Yeah."> <laughs> uh, Okay um, Let's see how much of the song you can remember Oh You, you Doing do that, that thing, thing You <laughs> You Do Good job. All right. You finished the sentence. Oh, by the way, that that song was written by Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. Thank you, Adam.
1: Yes, thank you, Adam. They do play the song so many times in that movie. There's no way not to know at least that much. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We sat through, I think, at least three full-length performances of the song, in addition to various snippets across it. I know the song now.
0: it it occurred to me i was like because i was watching as a rewatch and i was like i know it's about a one-hit wonder and i i already remembered that but please introduce another song at some point at some <laughs> which they do eventually you like please please have another song
1: <laughs> thank goodness the song is actually good can you imagine so much of this film rests on that song being genuinely catchy. being good thank you adam yeah. Schlesinger.
0: Cause I try so hard to forget you, girl, but it's just so hard to do every time you do Do that that thing. Think you you
1: do. Jabba's a-coming!